Hi, my name is Joseph, and welcome to the first intermission for Digimon Seekers. It's the intermission between Chapter 2 and Chapter 3, and quite literally, it is part of Chapter 2, but it's not part of the uh, 2.13, 2.14, and so forth. It's just its own uh, Chapter 2, Hacker Leon, WWW, Airlines Flight 626, intermission. So that's pretty cool. <laughs> Um, I am quite shocked that we got another uh, installment today, but despite being shocked, it was a pleasant surprise. Um, I'm considering this to be kind of like an epilogue of sorts to Chapter 2, kind of setting up the emotional uh, context for the where the characters will be, their headspace where they'll be at for Chapter 3. And it's also looking like uh, Chapter 3 will be focusing on the Digipolice. It's a small line, but I don't think it's a coincidence that the professor mentions a specific name. So let's go ahead and get into it. Uh, the first quote I want to look at, the vital signs are low within normal levels. An extensive examination of the brain will likely yield no outward signs of injury or trauma. The patient is in fine physical shape. The patient was seeing a therapist and prescribed medication, but there was zero, but there was zero, uh, excuse me, but there was zero indication of an overdose. For all intents and purposes, the patient was in, ex was in an explicable coma. What an unfortunate turn of events, Professor Ruzinji said, looking at his student. So I wanted to highlight this line just because it's very small, but I think it does wonders for uh, Leon's characterization. I think it was mentioned already that he was seeing a therapist, but I love how this line right here, the patient was seeing a therapist and prescribed medication. So I think that's really interesting. What this implies is that, well, he, he being Leon, he was seeing a therapist to talk about, uh, well, usually when one sees a therapist, it's for mental health reasons, right? Maybe he didn't need it. Maybe he was just doing it um, for support, for mental support, right? Let me start over. Uh, usually one goes into therapy for two reasons. Two reasons. One being because um, it's, it's, it's useful as a tool to help with the mental health or one is aware uh, that the mental health is deteriorating so they want to prevent that. And so they, they preemptively start seeing a therapist to try to figure everything out, right? <laughs> so that's what I was trying to explain. We don't know why Leon was seeing a therapist, but I think it's really cool that this line is included. Um, and yeah, I think it's just a really cool uh, detail. Continuing forward, several hours prior, Rizunji received word from E.G. that Leon had crossed over the L-line was now lost. E.G. said it was his fault, that he was also mind-linked but managed to return alive. E.G. didn't know Leon's address and so contacted the professor desperate to get Leon any help he could. Rizunji created, oh excuse me, Rizunji called an ambulance and let them into the apartment for which he had a key since it had been arranged in his name. There they found Leon unresponsive and transported him to Tokyo Electrical's hospital. Leon was officially DMIA. There was no way to return his consciousness to his body. It was forever fused to the digicore of his partner, Digimon. Did you ever meet Yoling, Leon? Professor Rizuchi said oddly to himself, uh, trying, to piece things, uh, trying to piece things together. He knew he had to tell the police, and given the circumstances, the digipolice, everything he knew. Leon was an American and the son of a scholar who was aware of the digital world. That would create its own complications. This was about the worst possible thing that could happen in the course in the course of digital re and, and, excuse me in the course of digital world research. Professor Rujinji picked up the Digimon linker that the doctors had removed from Leon during surgery and put it back on his wrist. You knew one too many lies, I'm afraid, he said softly to Leon. So this uh I didn't want the specific part that I wanted to look at at the bottom of this of this passage, but I didn't want to just get that out because it kind of seemed a little bit insensitive. <clears throat> Just because despite maybe not what I want to focus on, I think the beginning of this passage does a great job of adding, uh, of making Professor Virginia seem much more caring. Um, I would argue up to this point before, uh, one could argue that the professor was leaning towards the cold 
possible mad scientist territory. Uh, maybe he was using these individuals, these people, Leon, the Digi Police, specifically um, Hatsuki, Hatsune, excuse me, and Yulong, the individuals with linkage straps as well, and Leon and Eiji. I already said one of the names already, excuse me. Um, without any care about them as individuals, which is using them as tools. But this passage, I would argue, uh, dispels any kind of notion about that. The professor obviously does care about those that he works with, and he has some, uh, I wouldn't say regrets, but obviously some qualms at this moment because he's seeing what's occurring. Um, but what I really want to pay attention is this part, this portion right here. Did you ever meet Yulene, Leon? Uh, I think it's interesting that he's saying that that individual's name. As a quick reminder, she was the one at the beginning of chapter two, <clears throat> after E.G. had his uh, luncheon with Leon in the cafe, uh, with Leon in the cafe, and D.D.L. Uh, he passes by Yulin from the Digi Police, who was going in to speak with the professor. So uh, I think that's meant to be a, a hint foreshadowing that chapter three will be really Digi Police focused. And also beyond that, he knew he had to tell the police, and given the circumstances, the Digi Police everything he knew. So I wonder if we're, going, if we're finally going to get an explanation of what connection the professor has to the Digi Police, more specifically to Yuling and to Hatsune. Uh, maybe for all we know, Hatsune only has a linker strap because of Yuling. Maybe he gave her a set of linker straps and he told her, since you're the uh, chief in command of the Digi Police, uh, you will be best suited to determine who should also utilize a linker strap. Right. So I'm hoping we'll get more information about that in chapter three. <clears throat> in addition to that. As so, really just enjoyed the fallout from everything. This is these are aspects I did not think of in the previous part, but it is true. Uh, Leon is an American, not Japanese, and the fact that he's the son of a scholar uh, that is going to open up complications. And what I mean by that is, uh, the, the the dad is obviously going to be distraught. Maybe he won't. Maybe he's going to want to, uh, goodness forbid, soothe uh, Professor Rujinji, or maybe stop the research altogether because he's going to believe that it's just too dangerous. Uh, something similar had occurred with Digimon Savers. Uh, when uh, they, the scientists, first discovered how to enter the digital world, it was deemed to be a little bit too dangerous, and so they stepped back a little bit. So maybe something similar will happen in this instance. I don't think it will, um, but I am looking forward to see if there's going to be any description about, uh, uh, about Leon's family, about Leon's dad. I think it would be really cool and add a lot of emotional weight to the story. And I really believe there's a really emotional weight as there is too. So, <laughs> um, yeah, it would just enrich the, the narration in my opinion. Um... And then the last detail I just really uh, like, Professor Rigidy picked up the, link, the Digimon linker that the doctors had removed from Leon during surgery and put it back on his wrist. It's just a uh, really quaint detail, really soft, really warm. And I enjoy it because I think one could argue that the professor wants Leon to be connected with Postmon, the, the partners. Uh, the professor is aware that by removing the linker strap, you're kind of uh, removing uh, the Digimon from their partner, so thus the doctor puts the linker strap back on. It's a really sad, dark moment. Not a dark moment, but a, a sad, uh, depressing moment, but I think it's bittersweet, uh, him putting back on his linker strap. And then lastly, you knew one too many lies, I'm afraid. I think that's a little bit curious. What does it mean by lies? Um, definitely hoping we'll get more information about that in chapter three, but you knew one too many lies, I'm afraid. Maybe that's in reference to the professor not explaining that code crackers aren't necessarily bad. Maybe he could help dispel some of those notions. I'm not sure. Really looking forward to the uh, uh, to discovering more about that. E.G. curled up in the photon in the loft of his tiny apartment, periodically screaming or yelping as the anxiety and creeping dread built up inside him. He had to win. He had told himself. He wrote his victory into existence, only to watch it 
as it crumbled into utter defeat. He digivolved only to lose. He reached the ultimate level and was betrayed by a power he could not control. The person he threatened to trample over on his way to the top had sacrificed himself to protect him from a royal knight, an avatar of death. Leon wasn't coming back. Um, what I like so much about this is really emphasizing the dread that Eiji is feeling, uh, periodically screaming or yelping. Again, what I love so much about this format, the narration, the, the text format, is I can't recall any moments or times in past Digimon uh, shows where one was so distraught. We've seen them being sad. Uh, the, the, uh, for example, when Tai Chi sees the Kyrie, <clears throat> when she gets hurt and she gets taken to the hospital, we saw how that affected him, um, but he wasn't affected to the point where he was screaming her name periodically. The fact that E.G. is doing that it just really demonstrates how uh, these circumstances are really eating up at E.G. And he does feel accountable. He does feel like it's his fault, uh, that he is responsible for everything that's going on. And I can only imagine how that's eating at him, right? And we'll get into it shortly, but <clears throat> it's eating at him. Uh, he has so much mental anguish. Then it starts affecting him physically. Uh, and we'll get to this quote shortly, but he actually ends up throwing up and vomiting. Uh, again, that just highlights so much uh, what E.G. is feeling. And he's, he's, he's acknowledging that this isn't just a game, that this is something serious. Um, I also like how he's keeping in mind accountability as well. He willed his victory into existence only to watch as it crumbled into utter defeat. He digivolved only to lose. He reached the ultimate level, was betrayed by power he could not control. Uh, but again, I do think I think it's good that he's taking responsibility, but I do believe he's being too hard on himself. Uh, he needs to keep in mind that he wasn't just doing this for fun to begin with. Uh, he was on his on his own mission, not just from the professor, but his own indirect mission as well through the SOC. The SOC specifically wanted EG to show uh, Leon one, right? <laughs> to show him up for what Leon had done. <clears throat> Excuse me. Um, so yeah, so I do believe he's being too hard on himself. Again, to reiterate, he has two missions, his main mission and the mission through the SOC. But despite that, he is acknowledging that he's not completely blameless. Um, there was some thought as well. Like for example, he didn't have to choose that specific setting <laughs> to take his battle in. Uh, as a quick reminder, it was pointed out that uh, EG was aware that that was a dangerous part of the Wasp slum. Um, but he did that on purpose. He was hoping to use the element of surprise. E.G. let Leon die, that's what it amounted to. He spent all this time sharpening his code cracker skills, but in the end it wasn't enough to save anybody. It's my fault. I killed Leon, E.G. whimpered. His insights lurched. He threw up his hand to cover his mouth, clattered, cla I think it meant to be clambered, clambered down the ladder from the loft and flew into the toilet. He, hast he hastily flipped the lid up and vomited pure bile and stomach acid into the grammy toilet. His mouth burned but he didn't even have the energy to wash the bitter taste out of his mouth. So that passage, I already discussed it. I, I love how it just really uh, emphasizes the dread that E.G. is going through. He is feeling this, not just mentally, but physically as well. And that last line, his mouth burned, but he didn't even have the energy, the energy to wash the bitter taste out of his mouth. Uh, he's, he's tired. He's mentally and physically tired. Um, and I think it is really sad um, that we're at this moment. <laughs> Uh, I'm hoping that the next chapter will help to lighten EG's mood. But again, I don't blame him whatsoever for him being uh, for having this mindset currently. Um, it's quite sad and it is uh, quite depressing, dare I say. Uh, with that being said, before I continue, 
Uh, one complaint I do have about this part, I do wish Lokomon just, <laughs> I do wish he was a bit sadder. Uh, maybe not to the same extent that EG is, but even the story itself points out that surprisingly, Logomon's a little bit more upbeat despite the circumstances. I wonder why that is. It'll be cool if there's a reason for that. Anyways, we're continuing forward. I only mentioned that because now we're going to get into Logomon, uh, interactions with Logomon. Code Crackers, Mind Links, Digivolutions, what good is any of it? I pushed you too hard, uh, you being Logomon, put us in harm's way, and now Leon's gone, all because of me. This isn't the victory I wanted. A notification sound drew Eiji's attention to the Digimon Linker, a text message from Tartarus. Excellent work. You're a hero of the SOC. The concatenatory message was a dagger at Eiji's heart. He gave the SOC what they wanted. They told him to punish the hacker judge by any means he saw fit, and he did just that. Judge would no longer interfere with SOC affairs. No other hackers would dare mess with them either. Eiji was a hero. He done exactly as Professor Rujinji asked. He infiltrated the upper echelons of the SOC to the point where they trusted him with sensitive information. That led him to fight Leon in retaliation. He had to make an example of him. He succeeded by every measure and failed by every measure. He should be DMIA. He should be DMIA right now, not Leon. So like with the professor, uh, the professor reminds the readers that Leon is in a coma. Not just this is uh, not only is the professor's research going to be put on hold, but so is Leon's dad. Whatever that was going on with research that he was doing, it's stated that he's a scholar. Uh, that's going to open up a whole can of worms as well. Complications, as the professor points it out. And now we're seeing the flip side of that, that EG is going through something similar as well. He only kept in mind that he lost his friend, but from other people's perspectives, they lost an enemy, right? From the SOC's perspective, they now got rid of a tiresome uh, hacker who's always been a thorn on their side. And of course they're going to be celebrating, of course they're going to be uh, uh, feeling triumphant. And thus, the message, excellent work, you're a hero of the SOC. <coughs> Sorry everyone, excuse me, my throat was being tickled. Um. <laughs> I was moving something out of the way, I was debating to drink some water or not, but I think I'm good for right now. Um. But this is, uh, uh, this is great news for in terms of um, EG's mission self, <clears throat> or his operative side. What I mean by that is, this is, he's done exactly what he was supposed to do. So yes, he points out the mission was a success. He succeeded by every measure. But from the personal point of view, from EG's non-operative side, just EG as an individual, he's also failed by every measure because he lost his friend. Not only did he take out a uh, hacker, but he also took him out quite literally. Uh, where he's no longer uh, he's no longer going to be operating whatsoever because he's in a coma. He's DMIA. Uh, he's as good as dead, essentially. So I really like this because uh, even I, as the reader, uh, I totally forgot that the SOC would be happy about these this news. Uh, again, just to add to the bittersweet moment, well, not the bittersweet moment, but just to add more to the bitterness of this already bitter moment. The bittersweet moment was the professor and Leon. I would argue that this scene with EG and Logamon is just bitter. There's really no sweetness in it. Um, it gets even worse uh, with that statement, right? I like how it points out that it was a dagger. The congratulatory message was a dagger in EG's heart, right? Again, a reminder that he may have succeeded in what he was uh, uh, set out to do, but he was uh, the mission that the SOC uh, had given him, but personally, he had also lost. Um, Really great, I enjoyed that. We played in the, so this is a flashback that EG is now talking with Logomon. We played in the river where our parents got the barbecue stuff set up. 
I ended up in a pretty deep part of the river, I guess. Leon told me as much. Our parents called us in for food, but when I tried to swim back, something grabbed my leg. E.G. went under and was swept away by the current. He figured he was only underwater for a few seconds, but it was long enough to catch a glimpse of what lay below. He could see through the explicitly, 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 excuse me, he could see through the explicitly clear water straight down to the riverbed, but it was long, but it was a long, long way down. He was immediately filled with dread. So, what happened? Obviously, you wouldn't be here if you drowned, Logamon yeeped impatiently. Leon grabbed hold of my arm further downstream. It was sure luck that I washed down to a shallow spot where he could grab me and stay on his feet. We left it off with a, that was close. Our parents hadn't even noticed it, uh, hadn't even noticed I'd nearly been swept away. E.G. will later see on the news that another kid, also of elementary school age, drowned at the very same river. I was just a step away from death, E.G. said quietly. I just wanted to read this part, primarily for that last portion. Uh, what could have been just a, uh, a happy memory of the past of danger avoided, <laughs> I would argue is made quite dark by the fact that uh, E.G. is not exaggerating when he says that he was a step away from death. Uh, it's quite sad that a year later, another kid unfortunately ended up passing away at the same river. Um, really hi uh, um, heightening the, the fact that there's a danger that, that was present while E.G. and Leon was playing here. Um, yeah, uh, to be frank, again, that's just the reason why I wanted to read this quote, that last part. Um, E.G. would have seen in the news that another kid, also of elementary school age, drowned at the very same river. Uh, that, that Since that had occurred, it wouldn't surprise me if there was a history of drownings uh, at this specific river. Uh, again, just a very uh, dark detail to add. It makes me wonder if that would have been present had this been um, um, animated, had this been shown on TV rather than via text. Uh, anyways, continuing forward. I do like the memory though. Um, I think it's cute that E.G. has a relationship with Leon. And um, apparently Leon's always been there for E.G. Uh, more than one occasion. E.G., Logomon said softly, What? I I think I might know what I went, why I went berserk when I teach evolved into Hell Logomon. Will you hear me out? You what? E.G. said, looking down at Postmon. I really wanted another chance to fight Postmon. They constantly looked down on me and it was really getting to me. I wanted to get the better of them and maybe I would have lost. But after I got that extra strength from them, what strength? E.G. said, stopping Logomon. Well, you get better when you take on someone stronger than you. I wanted to keep fighting and then have another conversation with Postmon. And I think they wanted, I think they wanted the same thing. That's why they gave me this food. They obviously wanted to have another bout and then have some food. Logomon said as they tore into the meat, jaws working overtime to keep from dropping on, uh, any onto the floor. Uh, the food he's mentioning is uh, Logomon opened up the gift that Postmon gave to uh, Logomon from the not the previous part, but two parts ago uh, when he was he being E.G. was in the cafe with Leon. Um, so when I did evolve and I went feral, I think it's because he didn't quite feel the same way, Logomon said, jaws smacking together. He really wanted to get one over on, hmm, this meat is absolutely incredible. E.G. didn't have a response for that. Here he was taking life lessons from his Digimon, who was more mature than he was. <laughs> Again, so I think this would have been a, I think this uh, adds to what I said earlier. I do wish that Logomon was more reflective of the situation at hand. He does seem to be pretty uh, upbeat despite the circumstances. I do agree with the narration in that regard. <laughs> Makes me kind of question his emotional intelligence a little bit. <laughs> but again, we do know that at the very least, he knows how to work in, as a team. He knows how to work and appreciate community. Um, so essentially, what's so devastating about what Logomon is saying right here is he's basically telling Eiji, 
that Logomon did want to fight Postmon. There was a rivalry between them, but it was a friendly rivalry. He wanted to get one above Postmon because of the way that Postmon was acting, but Postmon didn't really believe that he was better than Logomon. And I don't think that Logomon uh, wanted to put Postmon down to prove that he's better to dominate him. They were just kind of having a friendly back and forth. And for Logomon, that was encouragement for him to get stronger. <clears throat> but what makes him different from EG is that EG, I would argue, at the start did have a friendly rivalry, but then it progressed and it evolved into um, something a bit more sinister than that. He didn't want to just beat uh, Leon as rivals. He wanted to beat him as an enemy. He wanted to show Leon one and he wanted to beat or maybe not dominate him, but essentially show Leon that he was wrong. And again, the difference between Logomon and Postmon is that Logomon wasn't really trying to convince Postmon of anything. They were just having a friendly bout with one another. So hence when he says, I, uh, he's essentially telling EG that the reason why he went for him was because his goals was no longer matching Logomon. Logomon wanted to get stronger uh, to prove to himself that he is strong. While this EG wanted to get stronger to prove to someone else that he's better than them. Hopefully that distinction makes sense. Um, but essentially that's what's being discussed right here. Uh, I think it's because you didn't quite feel the same way, Logomon said. You really wanted to get one over on Leon. right? Had he been allowed to finish his sentence, that's probably what he would have said. <laughs> but he's enjoying the meat so much. And so thus EG didn't have a response for that. How can one respond to that, right? The fact that your determination turned into, I, I don't want to say hatred. I can't really think of a one-for-one one at the moment, but hopefully it makes sense. And I'm trying to say that EG's friendly competition turned into something that was no longer friendly, that went beyond being friendly rivals, and they were now acting as enemies. Um, but yeah, moving on to the last quote. You know, I think Postman and I were friends, Logomon said, as they licked the bone clean. Sure, if you think so, why not, EG said stuffing his head back on the toilet. He couldn't bear to face himself in the mirror. EG, Logomon said tensively. All the emotions rolled up inside EG, who began openly weeping, his nose soon opening up and mixing with the tears. Do you want to save your friend, EG? Logomon asked. Of course I do. It's my fault he's gone. EG wanted to be the one to reach out and pull Leon out of the digital world, just as Leon had put him out of the river all those years ago. I want to save my friend Postman too, Logomon said sol solemnly. You said it yourself. Friends are the people you want to get out of your way to help. Friends are the people you want to go out of your way to help, even if it hurts you. Logomon, EG heaved between sobs, will save them, even if it means facing down the royal knight. We play on hard mode for our friends. <laughs> That's how the chapter ends. So I'm not going to lie, I do feel like the way it ends is very uh, contradictory to the tone of the chapter. Logomon is just so positive and so upbeat, but I'm hoping there's a reason for this. I was hoping that by the end of this, that Logomon was going to say that there might be something that they could do. Um, he's heard of maybe some kind of sage, wise Digimon or something like that, or a memory of a place that they could go to. Uh, but I, so far, I do have faith in the writing. Um, the writers at Meta Namco, I think, have so far proven themselves that they are willing to show, to show they are willing to tell a mature uh, story, uh, no matter where it goes. So we'll wait into the next part to uh, to see if I should be more concerned about that, <laughs> or rather, I'll wait into the next part to see. I should be more concerned about that. Despite the 
the contradictory way that it ends though, I can't help, maybe it's the Digimon fan in myself, uh, overpowering just the, uh, the literary version of my, literary version of myself, but I can't help but appreciate the way that it ends so positively. Uh, the way that Logomon reminds EG, it's as you said, when it's for your friends, we need to do something for them, right? That's just, I can't help but feel, uh, this is me maybe being pessimistic slash realistic, just well, what can one do currently, right? I just wish it had ended with a plan being set in motion. But again, I have faith that that's exactly where the story is going. Um, it's not a coincidence that the professor mentioned Yoling's name and the Digipolice was mentioned as the Digipolice was mentioned as well. And again, I'm really curious as to what the professor meant by you knew one too many lies. Uh, hopefully that gets cleared up too. Um, so despite this technically being an epilogue, I would argue, I do wish that they didn't make it part of chapter two. I wish they just would have just named it uh, Hacker Leon Intermission or something like that. Uh, I, I'm really appreciating how the story uh, has something like this. I would argue that it, it could have ended neatly with chapter two, with the previous part. <clears throat> but having this intermission really helps to smooth things over as we get into chapter three. I think this intermission did a great job of, uh, of, of setting up all the headspaces that the major players, the protagonists, will be in in chapter three. <clears throat> so now we don't have to waste um, any letters, any page space on catching up with the professor. Um, where Leon is at and everything like that. We could just jump straight into chapter three. And I am really looking forward to that. So my question for everyone is, in what way do you think Leon will be saved? I personally, I'm um, thinking of it like Tamers when, oh no, I forgot his name. Um, Kyo, Kyoman, the, the little Digimon that helped everyone Digivolve in Tamers. Uh, when, when when they went into the digital world and the group had to go into the uh, to go save them I'm going I'm imagining something like that's going to occur we just need to figure out how they'll get into the digital world itself they're gonna to have to go through a vortex it seems like and we'll see what occurs and also uh, it will be kind of cool if the next intermission after chapter three is from Leon's point of view because I don't think Leon is dead um, he, his body may be in a coma but his consciousness, I do believe, is still uh, walking about, is still awake, essentially. <clears throat> and he's currently doing something with Postmon. Uh, well, at least that's my belief. I hope that's what's going on. We'll see what occurs. Thank you so much for watching or listening. I do appreciate it. I hope you have a prodigious day. Oops, I, usually when I start, <laughs> I have the camera back on, but <laughs> I just had the secrets page up. Um, again, thanks for listening and watching. I do appreciate it. I hope you have a prodigious day and take care, everyone.